1: Welcome. <clears throat> Good afternoon. Violating some kind of fire ordinance in the other. Um, Anyway, my name is uh, Buddy Cianci, and I'm the mayor of Providence. And um, as you know, I've been indicted by federal prosecutors today. I want you to know I've had better Mondays.
2: It's April 2nd, 2001. Mayor Vincent Buddy Cianci has just been indicted on 27 criminal counts, including racketeering, conspiracy, witness tampering, and extortion.
1: Many of you have commented on the length of the indictment, and I have it here, it's 97 pages. It goes on and on and on. I'm not afraid of this. 97 times zero is zero. And what is contained in this? It's nothing but lies, it's allegations, and I'm not involved. And this will be one of the biggest challenges that I've ever had in my life or will ever have. I didn't do this stuff. I'm not guilty of this stuff, and I'm going to fight it as long as I can, as far as I can, and I will go all the way to the Supreme Court, The Hague, wherever they want to go, because this is not true. Mayor, Mayor, emotionally, what's this day been like for you when you found out? Uh, What I felt today when I heard about this, I'll tell you what I felt. I felt enraged, I felt mad, and I'll defend these charges until the day I die. Are you nervous? Never get nervous, just be smart.
3: Mayor In the last episode, we told you about Operation Plunderdome. An FBI agent and an air conditioning contractor went undercover to investigate Providence City Hall. They made hundreds of tapes, capturing city officials accepting bribes.
2: But how much did Buddy Cianci really know about the corruption in his own administration? Today's episode, The Trial of Mayor Buddy Cianci. I'm Zach Stewart-Pontier. And I'm Mark Smirling. Welcome to Crime Town.
1: As we prepare for this new century, Providence is rediscovering her greatness. Our generation is transforming this city completely.
4: I believe that Buddy was corrupt. I'd been involved in a lot, a lot of corruption cases. The undercover technique was the best.
1: He likes where the money is. Uh-huh. You had him an envelope of $500, he'd use this for your campaign. You know what I mean? Cause that's the way you do things. That's the way the game is played. Money. Was there corruption in the city? Absolutely. Was there corruption in Boston? Yeah. Corruption in Philadelphia. Name a city there isn't corruption in. But was I involved in it? I said to this day, to my grave, absolutely not.
3: I'll never forget the first day.
2: It was a circus. This is former Providence Journal reporter Mike Stanton. He covered Buddy for years and was there when the Plunderdome trial began.
3: I mean, you had New York Times front page, the New Yorker magazine, reporters parachuting in and out. And I just remember this breathless TV reporter sticks a microphone in Buddy's face and he says, Mayor, what do you think of the media circus? And without skipping a beat, Buddy says, what are you, calling yourself a clown? When you heard of Plunderdome,
1: Mr. Mayor, what did you think? As far as I was concerned, I wasn't involved in anything. There were some people in the tax office who were trading favors for small uh, amounts of money. I knew nothing about it. Listen to these charges, Mr. Mayor. We're talking about racketeering, oh yeah, conspiracy, extortion, mail fraud,
2: witness tampering. Not guilty on all of those counts. Outside the courthouse, people lined up to see the mayor on trial. Opponents protested government corruption, while supporters passed out t-shirts and bumper stickers that said, free buddy. The plunder trial is well underway. Opening arguments paint two very different pictures of what went on in Providence City Hall during the reign of a popular and controversial mayor, Vincent A. Cianci Jr. Journalist Mike Stanton watched as Buddy's lawyer, Richard Egbert, gave his opening argument.
3: Richard Egbert talked about how he'd woken up at dawn that morning, and he walked around this magnificent city with the river walks and the mall and the beautiful restored buildings, and he said, this truly is a renaissance. And then the prosecutor got up and talked about how this was a city for sale, and this beautiful renaissance was a movie set facade, and behind the scenes there was all this corruption, and the city finances were on the brink.
4: Five hundred bucks all right for now? Yeah, yeah.
2: The prosecution played tapes of city officials accepting bribes. One,
4: two, three,
3: four, five.
2: Prosecutors had flipped many corrupt officials caught on tape, and their first witness was a guy you might remember, David Ede.
4: David Ede was on the stand, and all the tapes played today involved Ede and Antonio Freitas, the Providence businessman who worked undercover for the FBI. When I bring the big ten down for him, the doors will be open for you, like you can't
1: believe.
3: I don't mind giving a ten grand, okay? I don't mind uh, paying the, the driver, whatever you call a shit. I'm not used to this. Okay? I don't want to mention them no more. Oh. Don't mention them. Okay, whatever. We understand.
4: He said he arranged three bribes totaling $25,000 for Mayor Cianci. Ede said Cianci instructed him to deliver the bribe money to Cianci aides.
2: But Buddy's defense attorney had done his own investigation of David Ede. Again, journalist Mike Stanton.
3: Richard Egbert walks up to the podium with this big, thick binder and he slams it down on the table. And he said, these are your gambling records from Foxwoods. And he said, would it surprise you to know that you've been there, you know, 780 times in the last four years, and you've lost over $800,000 that you've gambled? Because obviously Egbert was trying to make the argument that he lost money at the casino, and that's where the money went. It didn't go to Buddy.
2: This became the central question in the trial. Did the money actually make it? into Buddy's hands.
4: It was a long day, but as the participants, including Mayor Cienci left the courthouse, they knew there would be many more long days ahead. So
0: on Monday, the next witness will be Christopher Issei. He's the man who admitted paying a $5,000 bribe to get his job at City Hall. The mayor has staunchly denied
4: Prosecutor him. Richard Rose said, bribes and extortion were the order of business in exchange
3: for It was like one of these thrillers where there's all these you know, perils of Pauline moments when the hero looks like he's about to go over the cliff or uh, the waterfall, and the government would come in and they'd have these you know burly tow truck drivers talking about you know how they were paying bribes and you know the C N C campaign was shaking them down or this million dollar lease was going from the school department to this convicted felon and and then you see Buddy's key henchmen on tape taking the bribes and then. Egbert would get up there, and then Buddy would kind of relax and smile as he would, you know, try to undermine their stories.
1: Stay with your nonstop news source for the most complete Plunderdome coverage. ABC6 will bring you hourly
4: updates for the duration of the trial.
0: I'm a in the morning.
4: And the hand is for Mayor Buddy Sianz. And standing ovation.
2: During the trial, Buddy was still the mayor, running the city and being Buddy. This is him with radio host Don Imus, broadcasting live from the Biltmore Hotel in Providence.
4: Now, I guess this is a fair question. Do do, do they have anything on you?
1: (laughs) I mean, I know you said you're innocent, but I... You know, I've been mayor a long time. I'm the longest serving mayor in the United States. and I'm proud of that. I love the job as mayor. And... um... (laughs) There's a lot of love that goes into it. There's also a lot of trials, a lot of tribulation. Uh, So you say if they have anything on you, I thought I made that clear when I
2: said I was not guilty. Well, no, you can say you're not guilty, and they still have something on you, and you would know
5: about
2: it. Back at the trial, the prosecution called their next witness. Probably the worst moment for Buddy
3: was after Steven Antonson testified about the university club. Again, journalist Mike Stanton. Steve Antenson was a kid who loved politics, and he went down and volunteered for one of Buddy's first campaigns. And he became one of these wide-eyed young men who, you know,
2: adored Buddy. Buddy took him under his wing. Buddy appointed Antenson to the Building Board of Review, responsible for city building and renovation permits. And so
3: Buddy puts Steve on this board, and when something comes up, you know, Steve's supposed to do what he's
2: told. And what came up was an old grudge between Buddy and an elite East Side establishment called the University Club. Years ago, the club had rejected Buddy's membership application, and when they needed a building permit for some renovations, now it's payback time. Steve Antonsen, who serves
3: on this building board, gets the call from Buddy that you got to block the University Club. You got to fuck them, and he basically succeeds in shutting the club down. So. One of the charges against him is extorting a membership in the University
2: Club. Eventually, the FBI approached Antonson. He admitted that he had rejected the University Club's permit on the orders of Buddy Cianci. When Buddy heard about the meeting, he called up Antonson to find out what he'd told the FBI. But that conversation was being recorded. Steven. How
1: are you, man? Good. How'd it go today? Well, it was different, I tell you. what they do? Well, i tell you how it started. Some guy, Akins at yeah, yeah, yeah. He called. He asked to meet with me. Yeah. So I go all the way down there. Yeah. He was like adamant about the university club and you. Oh, he's full of shit. And they said, well, you think about the truth. <laughs> but I mean, now, if they start saying about you, what do I just play stupid? What do you mean stupid? I mean, I can't say nothing. What did I ever ask you to do? Nothing. No, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. I don't recall speaking to you before that meeting on that issue at all. I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I'm going to tell them when I talk to them. All right. I talked, I never fucking talked to you once. Might have been afterwards. But, but I don't know again. what they're going to ask. Oh, Stephen. I know. You know, you have nothing to be concerned about. You're not a no. suspect or anything like no. that. No. Well, what did you do? You, you just went.
2: You... This tape was played in court. The jury listened as Buddy told the city official not to cooperate with a federal investigation.
1: I'm not those guys intimidate you. Don't be a volunteer for the U.S. government. No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they are. I'm just saying. They're trying to put words in your mouth. This is just that U.S. attorney's office, or not U.S. attorney, it's them trying to find an extortion because they got a club membership out of them, which I don't
3: even want. It was a key piece of evidence, because it was Buddy on tape not sounding very good. Okay. Don't
1: volunteer anything. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, no prompt, you know. All right. All
3: right. Testimony ended. You know, Buddy just sat there stone faced and he's drumming his pen on his pad. And the jury is, you know, I always like to watch the jury and they're kind of staring at Buddy without any sympathy in their eyes.
1: Tomorrow morning at 9.30, the judge will instruct the jury. And after seven weeks of testimony, the fate of Mayor and his two co-defendants will rest with the jury. In Providence, Jim Characani, News Channel
2: 10. The jury decides Buddy's fate.
0: After the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome back. After seven weeks of testimony in the trial of the United States of America versus Vincent A. Cianci Jr., Buddy's fate now rested in the hands of the jury and the question of his guilt or innocence spilled out onto the streets of Providence. I
4: want to win. I want to win. We need a Let my buddy go, and I'm going to
1: start crying.
2: We're basically just flat out, as a society, calling him a liar, and that's really uncalled for when the contributions he's made have, don't lie. Are there any laws about
3: running for office if you're in jail? I don't know. I... I personally would find it hard to vote for someone who was a resident of
2: our prisons. I think he's a great salesman. He's an excellent politician. But that's different from, um, I guess, having integrity.
3: Buddy couldn't go far. He had to stay within 10 minutes of the courthouse in case the jury comes back. Again, journalist Mike Stanton. And so he basically just holed up in his office across the Kennedy Plaza and City Hall. And there was a weekend in the middle of the deliberations. It was a Saturday night and the Providence Gay Pride Parade was being held. And Buddy went to the parade and he was the Grand Marshal and he was being driven in a convertible by a drag queen named Bibi. And I went out to I said, I got to capture this scene in the middle of this trial and, and, you know, Providence has a very vibrant gay community and Buddy has always been seen as a champion of it. Oh my God. So I'm standing by the side of the road, and he sees me, and he says, Stanton, is that you? And I said, yes, Mary." He goes, get in the car. So I get in the car with him, and we ride through the parade. And there's throngs of people, and we, we he takes me to a gay bar. And we go in, and it's like pulsing lights and throbbing music, and we're having drinks, and drag queens are coming up and having their pictures taken with Buddy, guys dancing on stage in diapers, and one of Buddy's aides says to him, boy, this is life in the Renaissance city, huh, mayor? And he goes, "Yeah, more like ancient Rome. And he's holding court, and he's talking about the stress of the trial, and he's talking about some of his old political battles and regrets. And then he gets kind of boozy and sentimental, and he's kind of, uh, he gives me a ride back in his limo to my car. He didn't want to be alone with his thoughts and his demons, I think, especially in times of great stress. A lot of people would remark on how amazing it is that this mayor could be so together and go out and do all these public events with the stress of a trial. But I think he fed off of it. I think it kept him going. understanding now that the jury has reached a verdict in this case that's what we were being told and just within the last couple of minutes there's been a flurry of activity down here on kennedy plaza the providence police brought down a contingent of people obviously for security we've had people here the last nine days obviously just trying to jim is getting a call let's stand by here. come back to me come back to me come back to me i am hearing from tim furlong mayor cnc guilty on the first charge, the RICO count, that has just come up from the jury. Count one, Mayor Cianci guilty on the conspiracy charge. We're waiting for him. The
1: first verdict that came down was guilty. It was on the conspiracy. What,
2: what this is Buddy, talking to the co-author of his autobiography. What
1: through your body? What emotional feeling? It was, that? Uh, numbness. Um, I, I was looking at the lawyer, and I was going to say something. He said, shh, because we had a long verdict. And so, and then the, the disheartening part of it all was to hear every single other verdict not guilty. I mean, that was, and when that happened, that's when it really hit me.
2: Buddy wasn't convicted of taking money from guys like David Eade, and he wasn't convicted of extorting a membership to the university club. But the overall weight of the, the case,
3: seven weeks, is the jurors were struck at how many city officials were coming to the witness stand with deals of immunity. They were struck by how many city officials didn't seem qualified to be city officials. Um, It cuts both ways. It cuts the way of, you know, well, you can't believe these guys as witnesses against the mayor, versus why is he appointing and reappointing these people and surrounding
2: himself with these people? Buddy was found guilty of just one charge, racketeering conspiracy under a law known by the acronym RICO. The law was originally designed to prosecute mob bosses who kept their hands clean by sitting back and ordering hits from afar. There's really poetic justice in the fact
3: that Buddy Cianci starts out his public life as a prosecutor using the RICO laws to prosecute the mafia and Raymond Patriarca. And then we come full circle at the end of his career and he is prosecuted under those same laws.
2: The RICO statute says that you don't have to be directly involved in a crime to be convicted. All prosecutors need to prove is that you're the head of a criminal organization.
3: RICO is actually not designed to get the mob guy who gets shot at the end of the movie. It's to get Mr. Big, the man downtown, um, who's orchestrating it all. As Buddy said, I was convicted of being the mayor of Providence. And I guess you could say that's true. (laughs) That would mean different things to different people, but he was certainly convicted of being the mayor of Providence.
2: Buddy was sentenced to five years and four months in prison. September 5th, 2002, was his last day in office.
5: I got in touch with him, and I said, look,
2: I said, you want to come on the radio? This is Ron St. Pierre. At the time... He was the manager of the radio station WPRO, and he said, "Boom! You know
5: Pavlovian. He starts, you know, drooling. Of course, he wants to come on the radio. Uh, How much? First question, right?" Um, So I said, "Well, you know, that's that's something we can work out, and we cut a deal." Uh, And he co-hosted the morning show nine to noon for the three weeks before he went to Fort Dix. I am not making this up.
1: One. You, you live in it. But the place I'm going to, there, there's no alcohol there. There's no, uh, there's, there's no uh, good wine. I'd probably end up giving up smoking because you can't smoke in the building. You can smoke outside the building. It's like going to a very, very inexpensive spa. I think you have to look at it that <laughs> way, right? <laughs> there's a little exercise equipment, right? Yeah, there's exercise
5: equipment. He did the show up until the Friday before he was to go to Fort Dix. And I remember that if he's finishing up and he comes into my office, which was a no-smoking area, try to enforce that, with buddy, and he comes in and he shuts the door and he just looks at me and he said, can I smoke? I said, sure. And he's just looking out the window at the field behind my office and he's quiet for like 30 seconds. It felt like an hour, you know? And I said, what are you thinking about? And he said... How much I'm going to miss the green. Then, he's back to the buddy. He's back to the character. He's back to entertaining. That's, that's where I'll be. Shall we go to the phones? Yeah, let's go.
1: Let's go to Ann in North Providence here on WPRO. Hi, Ann. Good morning. How are you, Ann?
4: Hi, buddy. I'm fine. Good. I'm kind of, I'm very sad about the situation. And I want you to know you'll always be our buddy. And I want you to hang in, and I want you to don't give up. We're looking forward to seeing you back here in Rhode Island. Well,
1: there's no one looking forward to coming back here more than me,
4: <laughs> let know, me tell you. I know. Yeah. You were in our prayers yesterday at the dinner table. Oh, thank you. And you'll always be. And if I can occasionally send you a card to encourage you, I would love to do That'd that. That would be great. And we love you.
1: Thank you so much. God All right. bless you. Happy holidays. Thank you, Ann. When I went there, I, I was—I had to report on a Friday uh, at noon. And I left the night before because I wanted to get there on time.
2: This a- is Buddy Cianci talking about the night he left Providence for prison.
1: It was almost surreal. I was living in the Biltmore Hotel, and I went downstairs, and all the press were there to take their last shot at me. And... It was very poignant because I had built that ice rink across the street from the Biltmore Hotel, and the Christmas carols were all playing, and it was a snowy day. Everybody was beginning to enjoy the Christmas season. It was December 5th. And my driver, he took me to uh, prison. Remember, I I told him to get some some sandwiches from Murphy's Delicatessen, some corned beef sandwiches. I took a bottle of scotch. He drove, I drank a little bit, and had a sandwich, and I watched the city, you know, as I left. It was very, very sad. And I knew I wouldn't see anybody for like four and a half years, five years. I was glad. And it snowed because it took us a lot longer to get there and got there and, and uh, the, uh there was a army guard there an army soldier he saw me he recognized me i guess from the news and he he asked me for my autograph <laughs> so gave gave the autograph waited he said oh i said is this is the right place to come he said yeah here i he am shackled and chained and And uh, guards with guns, and I said, what the hell has my life come to?
3: Next time on Crime Town, it's the final episode of our first season. And we say goodbye to Buddy Cianci and the city of Providence, Rhode Island. Copper comes from
2: Arizona. Peaches come from Georgia. And lobsters come from Maine. Crime Town is me, Zach Stewart-Pontier, and Mark Smerling. We're produced by Caitlin Roberts, Austin Mitchell, Drew Nellis, and Mike Plunkett. Our associate producer is Laura Sim. We're edited by Alex Bloomberg and Caitlin Kenny. Fact-checking by Mick Rouse.
4: And you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island is famous for you
2: This episode of Crime Town was mixed, sound designed, and scored by Matthew Boll. Additional mixing by Enoch Kim and Martin Peralta. Our title track is Run to Your Mama by GOAT. Original music by John Cusiak, Kenny Cusiak, John Ivans, Edwin, and Beanart. Our ad music is by Matthew Boll. Our digital editor is Rob Zipko. Our design director is Ale Lariu. Archival footage courtesy of WPRI Channel 12. And you come from Rhode Island. Alex Bloomberg is the podfather, he just left the Gimlet offices being driven in a convertible by a drag queen named Bibi. This season of Crimetown is dedicated to the memory of Bill Malinowski. For more on the Plunderdome trial, check out Mike Stanton's book, The Prince of Providence. Thanks to the Providence Journal, Julia Haymans, Emily Wiedemann, Tim White, Lisa Newby, Kate Wells, Mary Murphy, Dan Barry, Robert Ariano, and everybody who shared their stories with us. For a full list of credits, bonus content, and to sign up for our newsletter, visit our website at crimetownshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at Crimetown and on Facebook and Instagram at crimetownshow. Show. And if you're enjoying Crimetown, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find out about the show. Thanks. Providence is a special place, and we're honored to tell a part of its story.
1: Well, we way up here in Providence Little roadie to see a dear old friend Who in trouble but protest his innocence Say he ain't guilty of whatever the prosecution may contend and so the mayor he just laughed at the 25 counts of graph of which the man has been accused and it may be sick or fancy but despite the evidence preponderance he just a victim of circumstance he just little innocent vincentiancy i ain't no fuddy duddy i just got a case of
4: my good old buddy buddy's blues <laughs>